Hey, it's time for the Brave Men Podcast. I'm Paul Cole, and with me is Chris Shields, our producer. And uh, we've got an amazing guy that we're going to be talking with today, one of the most fascinating men I've ever met, this guy. And I told you just a minute ago, he's seen some of the greatest Knicks games ever because he was an executive with Madison Square Garden. Wow. He was also president of the Speed Channel. It doesn't get much more than that, (laughs) right? It's like, bro, Uh, Speed Channel, man. I mean, he was president of that. But now he's been the CEO responsible for overall strategic operational creative vision for the Outdoor Sportsman Group which is an amazing thing. The Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Channel, which I love. Yeah. They've got uh, 15 leading outdoor magazines. Wow. And then we meet Jim and find out that this guy is um, a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. Amazing. And, uh, and then spoke at our Lion's Roar Global Summit. Yes. And just killed it. One of the nicest guys, too. Super nice. Yeah. But dude, when he got up, it was like, uh, hey, we're men. we got to get our act together. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, dude, he he went after it, yeah, man. He wasn't playing no games. No, it was incredible. Yes. And, you know, it makes me, when I think of the Outdoor Channel, it just makes me think of the scripture. And unfortunately, I don't. The chapter and verse is not coming to me. Come right on, now. man! But you can't start a podcast not knowing, <laughs> not being the answer man on everything. So, but when uh, in the Bible it says, if if you haven't had an, I'm paraphrasing. If you mm-hmm. haven't encounter, haven't had an encounter with God, nature will show yeah, you the wonders. Shows you. Yeah. you know, and that's what I think of with what. Jim Lipitor is doing mm-hmm. with the Outdoor Channel. Yeah, he's not blasting scriptures all over the place. But what he is doing is showing the wonders of God. Yeah. Their magazines are Guns and Ammo, Gundog, uh, Fisherman, Shooting, Wildfowl, Game and Fish, Fly Fisherman. Bunch of stuff, man. I mean, it's and and the beauty of it is you're exactly right. So here's the thing about business. And, and then we'll get into this interview with Jim Lipitor. And again, the whole point of Brave Men is to is not only to meet brave men, yeah, but it starts happening doing stuff in our hearts. So here's a man who is in, at the top of his field. He's he's a CEO of one of the major organizations in America, one yeah. of the top media organizations, and yet a passionate follower of Jesus Christ. So uh, that's this is part of what I think is fascinating about this interview, is that he talks about how he walks that and the way you walk it is you just be who you are. Yes. You know, so if you own a transmission shop, you don't have to put Jesus stickers on every transmission you put in a no. car. But what you do is you put a good transmission in. So good. You've got ethics. You do work excellent. Yes. People go, man, that guy, that's the place to go. Yes. And then they find out, oh, yeah, he's he's a follower of Christ. That's, that's why he's, you know. I think it's, uh, I think it's, uh, in fact, I've got a quote. I don't know where it is. It's somewhere in the Bible. (laughs) I love the jab. (laughs) (laughs) Somewhere in the Bible, but, but basically, uh, what we're talking about, in fact, I'll, I'll find a quote. Here we go. I'm going to find this thing. I'm going to do it while you're, while you're talking about something interesting. Yeah, you got you to come up with something interesting yeah. for the next couple of minutes. Oh, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got okay. it. Okay, here it is. Brendan Manning, right? Ragmuffin Gospel. And he said, the single greatest cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, walk out the door, and deny him by their lifestyle. Wow. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Wow. And the beauty of a man like Jim Liberatore is that he walks out the door and his lifestyle speaks. That's so good. As loud as his words, if not louder. Yeah. He and his wife, Kim, in Colorado Springs, and and uh, just an amazing uh, man of God. Now, well, actually, they're north of Springs, closer to Denver, where, wherever it is. But we love this guy. <laughs> yes. And um, a remarkable man. Uh, I just... You know, it's really amazing to be able to have him be on our podcast and speak to us about things that really matter, where it hits the road, where stuff happens in our business, right? Yeah. In our job, you know. So um, today, uh, Jim Liberatore, who's the CEO of the um, Outdoor 
uh, Sportsman Group, Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network. That's my favorite. <laughs> and um, I mean, pretty amazing man, an incredible track record of growth and uh, strength. And it comes out of his character. Amen. Hey, thanks for being with us today on Brave Men. You're going to hear Jim Libertor with an amazing interview. It's Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Wisdom and courage for the journey. I'm talking with Jim Libertor, who's the uh, president and CEO of um, the Outdoor Sportsman Group and uh, also a, a great friend. Jim, you are involved in the outdoors. You guys have got all kinds of stuff going on. We've all seen it. The Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, Guns and Ammo Magazine, Whitetail. It's 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 wild. Yeah. And, uh, but God's put you in an amazing position of speaking to millions of men in our culture. And uh, great to talk to you today, Jim. Oh, thank you. I'm really glad to be talking to you, Paul, and everybody else who will be listening. Yeah, brave men. You know, the whole concept of this is not just introducing our friends to brave men like yourself, because you speak up in a culture that doesn't appreciate a lot of your views. But uh, we're also saying, hey, we can all be this and we have right. a responsibility to this. So, hey, you were uh, I want to go back into a couple things. Uh, we're talking about the outdoors. OK, what's the most amazing and remarkable animal you've seen in the outdoors? Tell me something to just like when you think about it, you go, oh, my gosh, this when I see this photo, it always stirs me. Yeah, it, it's interesting because it's kind of a, a, a simple one, but it's an elk. Um, when really? you see an elk bugling and mm -hmm. you have the the snow-capped mountains and you see his, the the breath coming out of uh his mouth it is it it's so freeing you know because the, the other thing i would say is a dog off his leash you know when a dog <laughs> is off his leash he's running around and the freedom of that but with that elk uh we we had a cabin and and you don't even need to see him we were I was sitting out there having a cup of coffee and you hear that bugle through the valley and gives you chills. I mean, it's just really, really cool. You know, that's why, you know, uh, just the other day as we're, as we're uh, recording this, Jim, the Las Vegas schools reopened the high schools because the suicide rates had spiked. Wow. For young people, because they were quarantining young yeah. people indoors. Right. So the outdoors is, is something God gave us. It's emotionally healing, spiritually enlarging. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because we'll talk a little bit about this, but in my, my past career, I was in the stick and ball world. I was in the, the auto racing world and that was fine, you know, but when I got into the outdoor space, I didn't hunt, I didn't shoot, I didn't do any of that. Mm. But because of this idea of the created uh, with the creator in his creation, you know, the idea of what hunting represents as far as the campfire, fathers, sons, daughters, mothers, you know, yeah. the family, the Christian DNA and the hunting DNA mm. is completely commingled. And um, for anybody who wants to experience that, that's the other beauty. It doesn't cost you anything to walk outside your door, yeah. you know? And, and so I really got on fire for the outdoor industry because of the Christ centered aspect of it is why yeah. I love it. God's creation. You know, yeah. even if you live in the middle of Cleveland and an hour away, you can be in the woods, you know, yeah. walking. Yeah. So yeah. I think sometimes we just miss it. We get so myopic in our daily lives. We get so busy. We're so, if you will, turned in. Yeah. That we forget what God's done outside. Hey, you yeah. were at you were with Madison Square Garden Sports, weren't you? Right. Yeah, I was for about six years. It was yeah. awesome, really fun time and then living in New York City. Then you did the racing channel. In other words, you were very successful in a number of different areas, which is what brought you to this position. Right, right, right. It started with sales and then moved into um, developing uh, a media, media companies, basically, yeah. which is why I came into the hunting. It wasn't because I hunted. It was because I built media companies, which we've done here. So that's what it was really about. Well, tell okay. Let's you know, go I remember when I was in college. Baby. Yeah, let's go back to the yeah. stick and ball and that kind of stuff. What, what was one of the greatest games you've ever been at? 
Uh, it was there's two of them, the Bulls Knicks playoff games, and this is when there was Charles Oakley and Jordan and Pippen. And oh, um, if you recall, that was the time it, again, political correctness has even ruined sports, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know. Right. But but they would, it, well, it what, wasn't they call a minute, it, what they call a technical foul now would have been just oh, a common foul then. <laughs> yeah, back then you, you you'd be you know if 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 what those teams did to each other during the playoffs, Charles Oakley would probably be in jail today for. Uh, but man, they were just. I, I know this sounds bad, but they were brutal in a really cool way. Like they were physical, yeah. and um, it was really neat. And then I also uh, was at the the game seven of the Vancouver Canucks New York Rangers uh, Stanley Cup, where wow. the Rangers won the first Stanley Cup in forty two years, and that wow. was really too yeah so those were those were fun that's amazing things and and i think this is one of the things i appreciate about my my father he took yeah. me to games when i was a kid i was talking to daryl strawberry the other day and i was telling him about some of the dodgers games i was out as a kid yeah and um you know seeing willie mays play and i actually saw ted williams play as a young man in uh, fenway park yeah yeah which, which probably ages me nonetheless yeah. You know, it's, it's those special memories. And I think as, as uh, dads and as men, I, I think we need to avail ourselves of these things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's interesting because it's, it, to me, it's, it's sad though, in that how sports has changed and evolved and become political. And, and you, you know, there are, there are less and less athletes. I think you can really, really look up to, but they're out there, you know, I mean, you like Carson Wentz is an awesome Christian yeah a hunter i mean there, there are the guys who will stand up kurt warner was a great example of that i mean it's it, it but you got to find them but the cool thing now is is that you can use these athletes and direct your children and say look here's a guy worth looking up to yeah. you know and this is why yeah. um so it's it's a little it, the, the culture's you know kneeling for the national anthem i mean i haven't watched a football game in, in really in three years um yeah. you know just because I don't, I don't know, there's something about that that I can't get over, you know. Well, you know, it, again, using that platform uh, in order to, you know, for political correctness. And at the same time, we've got Demario Davis, you know, with uh, the Saints and other great followers of Christ. Yeah. We're yeah. speaking up for, as an example, he's speaking up about the uh, genocide happening in Nigeria, where Christians yeah. are being killed, you know, three or four hundred a day. Yeah. Across northern Nigeria. And so, uh, man, that's what I that's what I love. And men like yourself, president, and CEO of the Outdoor Sportsman Group and talking with Jim Liberatore, uh, my friend who heads up this uh, Outdoor Sportsman Group. But I mean, you guys have had the premier uh, largest and premier uh, multimedia uh, destination for outdoor sports that there is in North America. And you're in 50 nations. Yeah, yeah, actually now 192. 192. We have a, in five languages. We have an, uh, a subscription video on demand uh, app that, like a Netflix, that has 15,000 hours of hunt, fish, and shoot on it, or 15,000 episodes. So we're all over the globe. That's what I meant by building a media company. The way people are consuming their, their you know, their entertainment is completely changed. Paul, you, Pete, we're going to, I'll tell this story, and I know you, you know. But remember, there was a time when you had three channels you watched. Yeah. And uh, when something was on, if it was on at seven, you went and watched it at seven. Or guess what? You didn't see it. <laughs> you know, um, and and it's just completely changed over the last 20 years and over the last five years. And so you've got to be able to keep changing with it. Hey, where do you find the wisdom to deal with this? You've got, I don't know how many magazines, channels, five languages, all this. And, and you're dealing with the quarterly returns and all the stuff that comes with business yeah. that we deal with as business people. Uh, and it feels like, you know, it feels like the intensity of the world is getting greater all the time. And how do you deal with that, Jim? How do you deal with, with those stresses and pressures? How do you find the wisdom to do what you do? You know, it's interesting because first of all, I have a great staff. I mean, that obviously, you know, and I, I, I mean this in, in, it's going to sound like it's self-deprecating. It's not. I think one of the greatest blessings God has given me is just average intelligence, you know, so that I recognize I need smart people around me. You know, some of the worst bosses I've ever had have been really smart. You know, because they figure they, they got it all figured out. I know I don't. 
Um, but it, it's interesting in as the world gets crazier and crazier, I find that focusing on my role as a Christian mm-hmm. makes my job easier and easier because what happens is it, it all gets put in perspective, mm-hmm. you know, where um, we're struggling and we have, you know, EBITDA and we have, you know, investments and we have, you know, uh, you know, we, we actually have, have really pushed uh, ownership to create this SVOD app, which has cost tens of millions of dollars. So our necks are, are out, out, out on the line, but man, I, I am solely getting focused now on how I use all of that to, to try and introduce people to Christ. I know that mm. sounds uh, strange, but it's, it's not. I, I believe there is a choosing time that really is on us as a nation right now. And it, in a way, diminishes the importance of all of that, you know, as these other things start taking center stage. The other thing, too, is, is since the beginning, my beginning, I mean, I, I try to manage from biblical perspectives, you know, really loving on people and, and trying to have people succeed and trying to make sure they have what they need, making sure they have some level of, of job satisfaction, you know, that uh, really means promoting and helping the smart ones along. And it means getting rid of the people who aren't, you know, because. Well, yeah. It, it, and, and when you do that, you get rid of the people who aren't, you're really talking about the health of the organization. Right. Right. And the worst so thing for someone is to be in a job they can't, they can't do, you yeah. know? And so it's good for them to fire them. I know that sounds strange, but it's true. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I remember the first time I had to let, you know, I had a business that had grown and, and would expanded quite a bit. And there was a, and, and, and then we lost a client and I thought, man, I've got to cut it by a couple of people. I sat down with a young man as I was driving there, Jim, uh, the Lord just gave me this thought. He said, you know, you're not that young man's source. Yeah. And that young man is, is misplaced. He's, he's actually not in the place where he's going to thrive. Right. And so I sat down with him and I just told him, I said, Hey, uh, and you know, you've got to couch this in the right words, but I said it basically this, Hey, I, I have a sense that you're not in the right place. And I want to release you to go where you're going to be highly successful. And to do that, you'll no longer be an employee here. Here's a check. And uh, because I owned the company, I was able to pray with them, you know, in that setting. And uh, I think that's true. Now, here's another thing. Because you have an identity of who you are in Christ, you don't have to be the hero at every board meeting, do you? No, and and you you that 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 thought shouldn't even, you know what I mean? It shouldn't even be in your in your mind. I mean, the idea is, you know, again. You, and again, I'm, I'm, I'm 58. So you do have, I do have some, you know, uh, benefit of, of experience, but if your focus truly is glorifying God and everything, you know, then success or failure is determined by God, you know, and mm. if you're, if you're obedient, okay, let's start, you know, with that and you're trusting God, you get fired, you get promoted, you get mistreated. It doesn't matter because it's all working according to his plan. And he, here's wow. the thing that, that men, need to really grapple with. Do I believe that? You know, do I really, really believe that? Do I believe that there was a day and time when a stone was rolled away from a grave? Mm. Maybe it was uh, 70 degrees and sunny and there were smells and sights and sounds. Do I believe that stone was rolled away? And do I believe Jesus walked out of the grave? And to the degree we believe that, the rest of our life takes on this amazing joy an expectancy for God to show up and it turns into the peace and joy. Look, we were, we were created to walk in the cool with, with God. Yeah. We screwed that up. Right. But to yeah. the degree that that's real to us, you know, if you're stressed and you're freaking out and you're anxious, then, then the reality of who Jesus is really isn't real, you know, and that's kind of, where I'm coming to in my older, in my latter years, let's say. Well, no, I would say, you know, Seth Godin says you're right in the middle right now. Yeah, good. I like so, Seth. Thank you. Yeah. So, so, uh, so you handle the stress. Your faith helps you handle stress because here you are with a, a large staff, multi-million-dollar budgets. I mean, monthly. Yeah. In that sense, and and you handle the some guys. After a while, they, they just burn out. But you handle the stress through your faith. Yeah, you know, let me tell you a story. Four years ago, uh, there was all this stuff going on at, at work. We were acquiring um, uh, networks and and uh, and some magazines, and and that 
that group had a president and I was a president. Um, how that was all going to unfold um, had me completely stressed out. You know, for uh, six months, I was stressed out. I was waking up. I wasn't sleeping. And, and there was this moment, and, and it's what I talked about at one of your conferences, where God didn't come to me and, and hug me and, and, you know, just pat my shoulder. He, he came and kind of kicked me in the butt, you know, and I was sitting yeah. with my wife and I just heard clearly uh, what he said to Philip, how long have I been with you? You know, and, and immediately I looked at my wife who was sitting there, uh, a wife I thought I would never have. I, I have an adopted daughter downstairs, a family I thought I would never have. I looked over at the bookshelf you know, Schaefer, C.S. Lewis, you know, um, all Cole. this. Yeah. All, all cool. That's right. <laughs> and I looked outside my window and there I, we have this beautiful front range view and man, I was shamed. I was, I was convicted and yeah, like, it's like, this isn't what matters. And that was a life-changing moment. Um, and I thought, man, is Jesus real to me or not? You mm. know, is, is he real? Is he real? And is he my savior? And, and and does is he planning? Does he have a place for me? You know that I'm going to go to one day. Am, am I? You know, am I believing this? You know, and what I realized is, is I, it must not have been real enough to me. And hmm. you know, the struggles continue. Obviously, you still have those moments of stress. Yes. You know, there's a there's an there's a story that if if the, the how fast your heart gets back to its normal beating after a workout determines your health yeah i think it's the same spiritually how fast you get to that place where you're like calm and joyful and peaceful determines your spiritual health you know um and if you're not ever there then you're about to have a spiritual heart attack one of these days yeah it's true you know the thing is is that we have to you know definitions are so key and as a follower of christ what you're helping us do is dial in bracket in and define what it is to be a man of god and the fact is, is that uh, the disciples were in many storms. Jesus was in many storms, you know, I mean, physical and, and emotional and everything else. The, the fact is, if we're not careful, we misdefine the word peace. The yeah. world defines peace as the absence of conflict, the absence of storms. Uh, peace in the Middle East is an example. Treaties. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and, but peace in the word of God. God defines peace as his presence in the middle of the storm. Right, right. His presence in the middle of the conflict. Right. So you can, so in other words, you can be a man like yourself who's in charge of a major uh, organization, you know, mega national organization, and, and all the stresses that come with it. And yet at the same time, find that place of peace in the midst of it because of your faith. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's, it's just, it's it's almost sad to me the amount of my life I've I, I've not really been able to dial this in as, as again and it's still a struggle but yeah. but man there there it, it's it's just a simple this, this relationship with Christ is just simple it's got to it, once it's the most important thing to you and you believe it's real everything else becomes beautifully simple you know yeah and again it's up and down but that's the basis. You're a, you're a uh, uh, you've written a movie called The Harvest. I want to talk right. about that in just a moment, and then I also want to talk about conservationism because I'm I'm such a huge advocate of it, and I think we as Christian men need to be recognize our place as trustees of uh, of uh, the earth and everything. But I want to ask you this: what's your what's your daily ritual? You know, in other words, how do you habitually find that place? Is it you know, is there a certain time in the morning, certain time in the evening? You read the word. How do you yeah. how do you put that together, Jim? Yeah, it's it's a it's a, a regiment. You know, my wife and I wake up between five and five fifteen. Um, she goes to her place, I go to my place, and we pray. Uh, honestly, um, I start my mornings on my knees. Um, mm. I, I I put my face on the ground, mm. and I just really pray that Lord, I want you to fill me with your spirit and with your wisdom. Everything I do today, I want to glorify you. Come on, you know. And then I kind of go through whatever some of the the things on my mind are. Then I get up, I go pray, she prays. Then we get together. Uh, our devotional is Oswald Chambers. We do uh, my utmost yep. first highest. We do that every every morning. Then we pray and we talk and we get there. Um, through the course of the day, you know, there's the ups and downs. I I I'm really thinking about this pathmaker. 
you know, being a path maker. And the idea is that I know when I'm lost in the jungle, I know where the path is back to Jesus. Yeah. And when my doubts come up, I remind myself, um, you know, yes, I believe that he has a plan for me. He's with me. I believe, you know, I believe he loves me and you, you can, I, I can get back there. Um, and I may have to do that 50 times a day, you know, but you get back there quicker and quicker and quicker. And you have this path that is so well-worn, you know, that you just get on it and you can get to Jesus. But um, also through the things we've been working on, there's a great, I just, you know, God put this in uh, my heart yesterday. I was reading the 42nd chapter of Job. And at the end of it, Job says this awesome thing. He said, I've always heard you, but now I see you, Yeah. you know, and when as Christians, we can get the hearing into the scene and where we recognize him, it, it just becomes a lot easier, but men have, we got to step up. I mean, that takes work. Um, but it's awesome. I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I look at it in your world, you know, uh, guns and ammo and all this, I look at it as bracketing, you know, yeah. if you're, if you're trying to uh, hit a target, uh, you're not always going to hit it the first time, but you're going to see where you're off a little bit, where you're off a little bit there. And then you begin to dial it in. Right. And, and you bracket in the target and right. so you've got to literally dial it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's where you've got to know yeah. the word of God. That's where yeah. you have to be in the word because this stuff then comes up in your daily life and you have daily course corrections, if not hourly or minute by minute course corrections. You know, I know stuff comes to me and I'll go like, oh man. And then I've just got to step back for just a second and then move back in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's look, I, I mean, it just, it really does come down to, you know, us, thinking about what it is that really matters what you know it, it's 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 that reality you know you want to tell guys who are freaking out well what's real to you and um that that's that's beautiful like whether and, and i mean this completely whether i have tons of money no money a house an apartment i i can honestly say it doesn't it just doesn't it just doesn't matter right and and, and when you when you abdicate your success and failures to god by obedience and by reaching out and seeking him, then, you know, then this other stuff doesn't, doesn't really matter. And, and I know that sounds crazy, but it's real. Well, it puts it in perspective. Hey, this is Chris. I want to take a moment right in the middle of this great conversation to let you know the Brave Men podcast is a production of the Christian Men's Network worldwide and the Global Fatherhood Initiative. Christian Men's Network has helped pastors and leaders disciple men for over 40 years. You can find all the resources for mentoring and fatherhood at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Christian Men's Network does special events across America and around the world. You can find all the information at cmn.men. That's the Christian Men's Network at cmn.men. Click on events. We have tremendous resources for churches with special discounts for groups on that website. Everything a church needs from A to Z to mentor and disciple men of all ages and backgrounds. It will help us continue to reach the lives of many men around the world. If you would like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram and subscribe to this podcast and share it. That is the Christian Men's Network and Paul Lewis Cole. Now let's get back to this powerful interview between Paul and Jim Lipitor. Tell me about the Harvest film that, that God placed on your heart a few years ago. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, when I came into the hunting space, I um, was just blown away by the story uh, of hunting uh, and that I never knew it. Um, and there's two aspects of it. Um, one is the uh, the technical, the game management, land management. You know, uh, the, there's something called excise taxes that all the gear hunters buy. The money goes back to the parks, uh, the, the groups that have bought millions and millions of acres of lands which has revitalized the duck population, the deer, elk. I mean, you can go down the list. But the other thing I loved about it was what I call the campfire, the heart of the campfire, you know, families going out in nature and spending time and hunting. Mm -hmm. I love the idea of a 13-year-old kid who knows how to handle a firearm. He can mm -hmm. hunt, harvest, cook, and eat his own food. There's a confidence that is with those kids that they're not going to be out burning buildings in Seattle because – they, they, they have this family and this bond and this confidence, and they've been out with God, whether they recognize that or not. Uh, that's how it is. So I, 
fell in love with that story at the same time for many, many years. Uh, I, I just so desperately believe Christians need to step up. Um, I, I, I look at uh, Revelation and I look at uh, the third chapter where, you know, you're neither hot nor cold, you're lukewarm. But Jesus says, I prefer you one to the other. And that was terrifying to me because what he's saying is I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm. And yet, where have I spent a majority of my Christian life? Lukewarm, right. Yeah. So, so, so we, we, as, as, yeah. as Christians, we got to step up. So the film is going to tell the beautiful story of hunting to millions of people, but the real message is um, t- testing your faith. Who do you say Jesus is? And does your life reflect that? So in the film, it's like a Kendrick's movie uh, from the challenge standpoint that Christians are going to be powerfully challenged uh, about your faith. Is it real? Because uh, that's what we need. Yeah, no kidding. I, I am so excited about this film. You've done a trailer on it. Um, and is it the, at the harvesthomefilm.com? The harvestmovie.com. The harvestmovie.com. The harvestmovie.com. So I'm excited about that. I want guys to go to it, support it, uh, get behind it, pray for Jim. I'm talking with Jim Liberator. CEO and president of uh, Outdoor Sportsman Group, which is uh, the Outdoor Channel, uh, Whitetail Magazine, Game and Fish. I've always been more of a fisherman than I have been a hunter, but I got my first buck this year, so that was kind of. Oh, I saw that. I saw yeah, that. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I think I, I think I sent you. Uh, I think I sent you a photo of it right there from the field out there. In West yeah. Well, the one thing you need to share then is when you're eating the bath strap, share that photo too because it makes that connection between the hunt and the harvest. So. Oh man, that's that's true. So the harvest you're working on, you've written this this uh, movie, you've done a uh, a little treatment on it in terms of a video and now you're getting ready to shoot the major motion predict motion picture. I'm, I'm so psyched up about it, man. It's this thing's going to be, I, I believe it's just, you know, what's going to help a lot of dads, regardless if they take their kid hunting. Yeah. To just take them to do something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that's think- the point uh, is they're going to see the outdoors. The outdoor is going to be spectacular. So it's going to be like a, a nature, you know, film where you're going to see the snow peaks. You're going to, see all this and we're, and we're going to build i believe in the script we're talking now about building on this theme of the great embrace right so mm-hmm. when the the hunters are going up into the mountains uh, one of the the guys is going to say well you're about to experience the great embrace and, wow. and the idea is that at the beginning of the movie you think that great embrace is nature and the skies and the stars and it is but it's the author of that great embrace that comes into the end of the film I'll never forget getting to the, uh, I learned to ski in Lake Tahoe area, and I'll never forget Heavenly Valley is at the South Shore. High peak that overlooks, you can see the whole, you know, massive 40-mile-long uh, Lake Tahoe, one of the most beautiful lakes in the world, Alpine Lake. And uh, I remember getting to the top of the lift, skiing, and turning around and looking, and all of a sudden there's this valley with the Lake Tahoe and the beautiful peaks snow yeah. covered all, all around it. And all I could do, I just exclaimed, it just came out of me. I just went, yay, God. Yeah, yeah. Yay, God. Yeah. I mean, it, it blew me away. And, uh, you know, I've got a friend who just uh, has a house in uh, Ed Preston, who you've met, who has a house in uh, Phoenix. So he he got a place there to go down in the uh, during the winter because he lived in Oregon, wet and rainy and stuff he said he moved down there. he thought man it's just desert around here and he'd been there a couple winters and uh went out and we saw them and we took his uh took his side by side out up in some of the mountains and hills and uh, he said you know i've come to absolutely love the beauty of the desert yeah yeah and I think when we get out there, there I don't know that there's anywhere where you can't get out. I mean, it could just be a city park for that matter. Yeah, yeah. And just sit and get in that. In fact, let me hit this. I want to come back and finish with the harvest uh, because I believe that's what's going to happen out of this also is a harvest. But, uh, but as a conservationist, what are the challenges that you and I face and that, what can we, you know, me and the guys listening, what can we do about some of the issues we face as conservationists. 
Yeah. It, it, the, the, the first thing is, is if you see a piece of trash on the road, pick it up, <laughs> you know, let's start with that. But, but really it's understanding it, you know, uh, and in, in the, the hunting world, <clears throat> this is one of the things I love about it. You know, there's, there's people who will say that, uh, you know, Ducks Unlimited, uh, Rocky Mountain Elk Foundation, uh, National White, uh, National Turkey uh, Federation. Th these are these are organizations that are hunting organizations, but have purchased millions and millions of acres of land to preserve, to make sure that it's healthy habitat for the animals. And what they talk about is an organization like PETA, the next foot of land they buy will be the first foot of land that they buy. Wow. And in the hunting world, you have to understand that that the hunting, the, uh, I'll give you just a, if I can really quickly, just understand why this is important. Let's say you have a, a million acres that uh, sustains healthy herds of a uh, hundred thousand elk. Um, every year, guess what happens to those hundred thousand elk? It becomes 130,000 elk and then a hundred, you know, because they have uh, each year they're, they're having, they're, they're having births. Yeah. If you were not in managing the herd, then those animals would starve, freeze, get hit by cars, you know? So you have to manage that population. That's what hunting does. And that's why when you hunt, the numbers increase as opposed to decreasing. The other thing is, is that every time a hunter buys ammo or guns, money goes from taxes straight to the parks. Uh, you do have all these organizations and you're eating the healthiest you know, hormone-free food you possibly can. So everything about hunting is conservation. The other thing is, is conservation organizations are always looking for money and they're, you know, that that's something else that you can do. But the amount of, of, of habitat is shrinking, you know, which is a challenge for hunting. But yeah. it's these organizations that have bought this land and President Trump tried to protect a bunch of it. I'm sure that will be undone, but, you know, it's, it's protecting these lands. Also in California is a, a good example of what they don't do uh, because they, they won't clear out the underbrush. They don't take care of their yeah, of yeah. Their, their land and therefore there's horrible fires and they blame climate change. It's like, no, it's because you're never clearing out the land, you know, and keeping the habitat healthy. Yeah, they so. didn't manage, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's, they didn't manage the timber. It's a friend of mine who uh, uh, managed huge amounts of land for warehouser in Southwest uh, Washington for years, Jim, Jim Furbotten. And, and Jim, and Jim took me out there one day and he showed me everything. He said, you see all this where we've cut, he said, for every tree we cut, he said, it's only, it's a business thing, but it's a stewardship thing too. He said, every tree we cut, we plant three. He said, uh, that's the spirit of conservation and conservationism. He said, plus our forests are healthier which means that our air is cleaner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where uh, I get into an issue personally between what we call environmentalism, which has a tendency to be stuck in the middle of Berkeley or, uh, you know, uh, Boston commons and with people who haven't necessarily been out there getting their hands dirty you know, uh, being a conservationist. And, and to me, that's the difference between the two. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's true. I mean, and it's like you, it's easy to say you should not kill an animal. That's a, that's a winning combination for the ignorant. And I don't mean that negatively. I mean, but, right. but when you are educated, you, you know, that doesn't make sense. Same with that underbrush. You know, I, I you, you have to, if it were your property and your house, guess what? You'd be clearing it out every, all the time. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. You know, yeah, and, and people died because of that. People died because right. of the mismanagement. And then when the president said, well, you guys have mismanaged, everybody kind of pushed back on him. And then later the report comes out, says, yeah, we mismanaged it. Yeah. And so uh, part of that is, is, uh, is really the mismanagement of public funding and putting things, uh, it's, it's kind of like spending uh, billions of dollars on, uh, you know, issues that are immaterial to culture and then the things that really matter, uh, not spending enough money on it. Hey, yeah. uh, talking with Jim Libertor, who's the chairman, uh, president and CEO of the Outdoor Sportsman Group, and uh, you and your wife, Kim, have committed and your daughter, you committed your lives to making the world a better place. And I mean, for everyone, I, I just can't applaud you enough for what you do, Jim, in, uh, in this whole sphere 
And really what you're doing is you're taking the place where you've, where God's placed you and you're driving the stake in there. Yeah. And like God put me here. I'm going to, I'm going to pray over this thing, make this thing happen and use this platform uh, to glorify God. And uh, man, we just got to commend you for that. And then the movie that's going to be coming out is called the harvest and it's the harvest movie.com. Is that right? Right. Yeah. The harvest movie.com. So we can go on there, get, get on your really on your uh, mailing list. Uh, talk about it. You know, when you guys send out the social media stuff, we'll all post it, that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. And we have a prayer team that we uh, update with prayer requests every month. I mean, that, that's, oh, yeah. Let's do that's that. not a throw in. That's not a box checker. I mean, that's real. Um, and uh, so that that's a, a way you can help. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, you know, being told that we're going to have a, a, a very large investment because this is also public private, basically, where we want individuals to be part of this and, um, you know, major investors. Um, and I, I believe it, it's interesting because it, in my weakness, you know, there were so many times I had to ask God to validate this, you know, where mm -hmm. I'm, and, and I was disappointed with myself. I'll be honest. You know, I'm like, you know, I laying in bed one time. I, I said, God, I said, look, if you still want me to do this, I'll do it. You know, but, but if you don't, I'm, I'll stop, you know, let me know what you want me to do. And I said, I apologize again, because you're gonna have to validate this for me. I need to hear from you, you know? Walked out 15 seconds later, my wife read me an email that said, if God says he's got it, he's got it. If God says he's going to do it, he'll do it. If God says he's in it, he's in it. And, and I'm not exaggerating on the 15 seconds. That was right after. So <laughs> I have a ton of stories like that. But the beauty of that then is it abdicates the success to him. You know, this is now his project. If I sell one ticket, millions of tickets, it doesn't, it truly doesn't matter to me uh, because all I care about is that day I'm standing face to face with him and he's not going to say, oh man, your marketing program was horrible. You know, he's, did I listen to him? Yes. And I hope he just is satisfied with, with, with doing his work. That's the success of this. You know that, and that sounds to me, Jim Libertor, like it's your measure of success as a man. That you yeah. stand one day and he and he says, "What did you do with my son?" And you say, "I shared him with people." Right, right. And you know, it's if I could tell one other quick story. My daughter, she's a uh, um, uh, eleven. We adopted her from Haiti, and she came over here when she was five. She uh, on August tenth this year came to Christ, and um, I asked her. I said, how, "Why did you decide to do it? How did you do it?" She said, "I got on my knees and I asked Jesus into my heart." No. I said, "Why did you decide to do it?" And she said, "Well." It's we read Jesus calling every night. And she said, you know, it was those conversations. She said, I feel God brought me from Haiti for a reason. And then she said, and I watch all the work you and mama are doing on the harvest to tell the world about Jesus. And I thought about that as it applies to me. So right then I said, okay, the harvest is officially hugely successful. And then I also told her, and my job with you is done. So have a good life. Uh, <laughs> I said, that hurdle is, is cleared. Thank you. You're on your own now. That's yeah. Fantastic, yeah, that's so good, Jim. Hey, yeah. man, this, uh, you know, uh, I've got a hundred other things that we'll hit on another uh, edition of Brave Men podcast. But we've been talking with Jim Libertor, President and CEO, Outdoor Sportsman Group. And uh, Kim, Kim Libertor's husband, and uh, yeah, you guys, yeah. uh, and the, the producer, writer of the Harvest movie, theharvestmovie.com. And uh, really excited about the stuff that God's put his, your hands to, Jim. Yeah. And thank God for you. You've got, uh, you've got I mean, you are, uh, you're ahead of the, the premier multimedia destination for outdoor sportsmen in the world, 192 nations, and God's put you in an amazing place. So we pray for your success, yeah, uh, both um, in business and personal, every part of your life, and that everything your hands touch will prosper, and every place you put your feet will be holy ground. Yeah. God, yeah let me, God will keep I you and your family deep within the uh, grip of his grace. Thank you. And, and the last thing I want to say is to men out there, please spend time praying alone, listening to God, and whatever you're told to do, just step up and do it. And I will say this, if you tell yourself, yeah, I, I can't do that, you, you have to view that as blasphemous, right? Mm -hmm. If God is putting something in your mind and you say, I can't do that, what you're really saying is God can't do that. It's your arrogance 
and blasphemy and says, yeah, I can't do that. Either God's doing it or it's not happening. But I just, we, guys, the world right now, we have to step up. We have to be on fire for our faith or, you know, the, the world's perishing one way or another. I mean, but but we got to start really stepping up and make Christianity attractive. You know, it's a, it's a day when men, it's a day when men need to grow a pair. Right. Exactly. I, yeah. I didn't want to say step the hell up because that seems <laughs> no, like come on, man. talking, <laughs> yeah. but you know, it's step up. We yeah, have to, up. and God will help you do that. You're not going to do it on your own. No. And that's the beauty of the brotherhood is, is you're not on your own. And that's what we talk about at Christian men's network. Uh, is that you're not alone. You're part of a brotherhood. And if you don't have one, find one. Get, get in right. a local church, get in a local group of men. Uh, if you have to somewhere, uh, create your own. Yeah. And, uh, and put together a brotherhood because it's in brotherhood, iron sharpens iron, that will grow, stretch, become larger, and and be the men that will actually change the future of the world. Jim, you know, we live in a, in a shifting, changing culture. My contention is that we may be postmodern, but I believe we're pre-Christian. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. I believe the greatest churches have yet to be built. The greatest sermons have yet to be uh, preached. Some of the greatest uh, leaders have are right now in elementary school. Yeah, I believe I I believe in the next generation because I believe in Christ and He is hope. Yeah, and yeah. Hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. Yep, absolutely. Amen. And that is so true. And if you've got the kid in kindergarten or grade school, it's up to us to be raising them up. For oh, yeah. yeah, and take them outdoors. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No doubt about that. Buy them a bow, get them a handgun, whatever it takes. Yeah, yeah. Do the fishing rod might be the yeah. easiest thing. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. just in the little community pool, go catch some trash <laughs> and at least get them juiced up with that, right? Yep. Amen. Took my grandkids out. We caught some, you know, little trash fish in a little community pond around here. And it just, they just had a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I got my hands stuck, but other than that, you know. <laughs> stuck in what? Fish. Well, the, the fish, well, it, can't, it had the little, the, the little fin. Oh, had the, the spiny things. Yeah. The spiny, had the spiny things on it. And I wasn't thinking, I just grabbed it. Bam. So, <laughs> I'm going to do that again. So. Anyway, it's not like a trout <laughs> to worry about yeah. a trout or a bass. Anyway, yeah. hey, Jim Libertor, I love you, bro. You're an awesome you. man of God, and uh, we are uh, praying for your great success. Yeah, it's all God all the time. That's uh, no question about that. All right. Thank you, sir. Paul, for too long, Christianity has been looked at as something that is boring. Mm -hmm. But when we see people like Jim Libertor and we hear the stories of all the amazing things that he has done and how he just doesn't stop, he just keeps going, we can't live by that narrative no more. We realize that yeah. no, no, Christianity exactly right. is fun. It's an adventure. Yeah. yeah, and you know, his upcoming movie, The Harvest, all the things he's got his hands to is is about enlarging people's hearts, getting them outdoors. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this whole pandemic thing has just jacked people up yes. by keeping us indoors particularly in big cities yes where guys aren't getting out and it has messed people's minds up it, we've got so many psychological issues and uh, issues with children and i love jim's like he's a warrior for let's get out let's go camping yeah. let's do stuff and i believe that the things he's doing will fundamentally change people's lives amen you know, and then to know that all of that comes on a foundation of such a strong faith. Yes. In Christ. Yeah. You know, that he that he uh, talks it and walks it. Yeah. And he, he is a poster board for building a community. Poster board. Yes. I agree. Because it's like community is what we yep. are lacking. That's what the pandemic, you know, messed up. We could not do life together. But now we're fighting to do life together again. You know, I think, boy, that's a really good comment, Chris, because uh, everything, you know, his movie, uh, all the projects have got with, uh, you know, the outdoor group. Uh, when you talk about fly fishermen, when you talk about the outdoor channel, uh, all of that stuff, you do it with friends. You do yes. it in community, by and large. You know, it's uh, it's an old adage when I was growing up on the coast in Santa Cruz was you never surf alone. Yeah. Especially in the shark waters. 
But the, but the fact is, is it is don't go off someplace where nobody knows where you're not. Make sure you've got friends. Exactly. And I think Jim speaks of that in such a brilliant way. Yes. You know, uh, in his lifestyle, in his materials and the book and everything, you know, in, in, I mean, the magazines and everything. I, um, I just thank God for men like Jim. And I know there's hundreds more men like that. Yeah. That are walking it and walking it out well. And so thank you, Jim Libertor, for being on uh, Brave Men podcast. And uh, thank you to everyone who has shared this podcast with somebody else. And uh, it's a it's a long form broadcast, but I've got a lot of uh, we get a lot of feedback from men who listen to it on their way to work, on their way home. It fills your heart. Yes. You feel positive. You feel stronger. You feel, you know, you've got more depth going on. And uh, I want to remind everybody, go back and listen to the podcast on priorities. Yes. I thought that thing really rocked. We talked about prioritizing your life and and how priorities change everything. It does. So, uh, and then there's some amazing, you know, John Cooper just recently. Yes. And then Ollie North mm-hmm. here uh, a few months back, Ollie North and, and other people like that. Dale Bronner, in fact, we put it on YouTube. Yes. We got an amazing story in an interview with him on Legacy. So uh, thanks for being with us today on, on Brave Men. Remember, it's an outreach ministry of the Christian Men's Network, cmn.men, as Chris so ably talked about at the mid-break with about five edits, which nobody wow. hears. That was so funny, man. Edit. Okay. Let me say this again. We thank you for... Now you nailed it. You nailed it. See, Paul keeps me strong, guys. Yeah, strong. <laughs> it's going to keep you humble. Yeah, you know. Hey, so really, the uh, let somebody know. Tell yes. somebody about it. And uh, let's, let's win the world for Jesus Christ one man at a time. God bless you. Thanks for being with us. Remember, hope is alive. Hope has a name. Hope's name is Jesus. And I love my wife. Amen. God bless You've just experienced Brave Men with Paul Lewis Cole. Paul is president of the Christian Men's Network. Connect with Paul at cmn.men or write to him at paul at cmn.men.